Then the agents of the king approached me and whispered in my ear, What are you doing among these people? A Greek you are, not a Roman. The Roman conquerors have overrun your homeland. They empty our treasuries, they loot our temples. The rich they make poor with taxes, the poor they make into slaves. Any who dare to protest, they strike down with a sword. Yet here you live in luxury, reciting pretty verses to tickle their ears. But what can I do to stop the Romans? I asked them. What can anyone do? Have you not heard? They answered. King Mithridates of Pontus is on the march. He has taken up the mantle of Alexander and that of Cyrus the Great as well, heir to the greatness of both Greece and Persia. Mithridates is the world's only hope to stop these infernal Romans. So I was seduced into the service of the king, and once I dispatched my first secret report to his agents, there could be no turning back. Even the most cultured and Greek-loving of my patrons in Rome would have me crucified if they knew of my activities on behalf of the king. But I was careless. The veil of secrecy grew thin. To escape discovery, I was obliged to fake my own death and to leave Rome. As the clouds of war gathered, I traveled all over the Greek-speaking world, not as Antipater the poet, but incognito, as Zoticus, the nobody, carrying messages and secretly rallying support for the king. To Olympia I journeyed, and to the ruins of Corinth, and even as far as Babylon to the east and Alexandria to the south. Sometimes I adopted a disguise, but this was rarely necessary. Antipater might be the world's most famous poet, but it was my words that people knew, not my face. I had been living in Rome a long time, and there I was known by sight, but in Greece and Asia, and even in my hometowns of Sidon and Tyre, no one knew what Antipater looked like. When an old man introduced himself as Zoticus of Zugma, no one gave him a second glance. Then, at last, the war began in earnest. Some say Manius Aquilius initiated the hostilities, on his own initiative and without the approval of the Roman Senate. Whoever started the war, Mithridates quickly enjoyed a string of victories in and around the province the Romans called Asia, liberating city after city, liberating them from Roman control, that is, and placing them under his own control, or that of his appointed overseers. To celebrate his victories, Mithridates staged a triumphal tour of the liberated cities of Asia, and I received a message written in our secret code inviting me to join him. As I made my way from Alexandria to Pergamon, I thought, He will reward me now. The king of kings will make me his court poet. In return for my faithful service, a grateful Mithridates will crown me with glory. Instead, at our first meeting, 
before I could even begin to recite the poem I had composed for the occasion, the meeting of the world's greatest poet and the world's greatest king. Mithridates told me that I must continue to play the role of Zoticus. Antipater is useless to me, he said. But Zoticus, oh, as wily Zoticus, you have served me well. I may yet have need of your secret services. So, Zoticus, you shall remain. For a long moment, I was dumbfounded. But surely, I said, I am more valuable to you as Antipater than as Zoticus. When it becomes known that the greatest of all living poets has joined your retinue and is eager to dedicate his art to your service, all the world will see that you are the champion of Greek culture.